Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Mindful Perspective. I'm your host, Nick Levesque, Certified Spiritual Life Coach, and I'm here to share insights into my journey of mindfulness and self-discovery. Each week, we'll explore mindset, spirituality, and personal growth to help you navigate life's challenges with practical strategies and inspiring stories. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mindful Perspective. So just before we begin, I just want to say thank you to everyone for the continued support. It is very much appreciated. And if you are enjoying the podcast and you find it very beneficial, I would highly appreciate if you could share the podcast, leave a rating or review. Uh, It means a lot to me and also really helps bring more awareness to the podcast and we can get more people listening to it that haven't heard it already. So again, thank you very much. And let's dive into today's episode. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about something a little different, and it's called the map of consciousness. So I know this term can sound a little woo-woo, if you will, right? A little bit out there and also a little bit complex as well. But we're going to break this down today to make it very simple and not too complicated, okay? But the, the core essence of what I want everyone to take away from today's episode is really understanding our emotions, the scale of our emotions, okay? and how different emotions that we have show up in the world. So that is exactly what we'll be diving into today's episode. So to start off with, let's talk about the map itself, okay? So the map of consciousness was actually developed by Dr. David Hawkins, okay? And Dr. David Hawkins was a psychiatrist, he was a researcher, was a spiritual teacher, and a speaker. So keynote speaking, he did a lot of different tours, etc., okay? And he also wrote many books, okay? And he was honestly, one of the leading contributors in the field of consciousness research, but a lot of his books that he wrote, as an example, Power Versus Force, Letting Go, um, I've personally read uh, many of his books, um, and they're all very good books, and I highly recommend that if you're interested in this type of stuff and want to learn more, definitely get into it uh, and read those books as well. Because in the books, he dives a lot deeper into this map of consciousness and how he uses it to test and everything, okay? So, I'm going to be very honest in this episode. There's a few things about this map that I'm not going to get into uh, very much because essentially this map was done using kinesiology testing. Okay, so this is called muscle testing. Um, And there's a lot of characteristics and and things that go behind that testing that I don't feel is actually important for this episode. This episode is really going to focus on the map itself. Okay, and again, how our human emotions show up in the world. Okay, so Let's talk a bit more about this map, okay? So essentially this map, if you want to pause me for a second before we begin, if you want to get a visual representation of what this looks like, okay? You can just pause me for a moment and type in Google on your phone, whatever you are, okay? You can just type in map of consciousness. And what you're going to see is a map that's got a lot of numbers and a lot of colors, and we'll talk about this in a second, okay? But essentially what this map represents essentially are different emotional states and levels of awareness that we have and that we bring to the world, okay? So as an example, at the very bottom of this scale, okay, we've got emotions such as shame, guilt, apathy, and grief, okay? And at the very top of the scale, we have things like love, joy, peace, and enlightenment, okay? And each of these emotions represent a number on this scale, okay? So as an example, shame has a number of 20, okay? Guilt has a number of 30, Apathy, a number of 50. Grief is a number of 75, okay? 
And then at the higher levels, we have joy, which is 540, peace, which is 600, and then enlightenment, which is the top of the scale, is between 700 to 1,000, okay? So this is what I mean by the levels of consciousness, right? They're not actually levels, but they're just places that we essentially go up on the scale. And the whole point of this scale, essentially, from Dr. David Hawkins' perspective, is that basically we want to level up on this scale as we proceed through life, right? We want to make sure that we're not just stuck in a state of grief all our lives and that we kind of transcend these levels and go up levels, right? But the thing is, again, from Dr. David Hawkins' perspective, is that sometimes even jumping one level, so as an example, going from grief to fear can be a significant jump. And for some people can take an absolute lifetime, okay? Not for everyone, of course, but this is what I mean by understanding the emotional complexity of ourselves, right? Because we're human beings. We're very complex creatures, right? And emotions are our main way of interacting with the environment around us, right? And for those of you that don't have a visual of this scale handy, right? Maybe you're driving somewhere, maybe you're out for a walk. I'm just going to list off the emotions very quickly, okay, in this scale. And then we'll dive into why I think it's so important for us to understand the emotions and where we're at in our lives, okay? So starting at the very bottom going upwards, okay, onto the scale, this is where Dr. David Hawkins says we should not be um, living as an example, okay? So at the very bottom, we have shame, guilt, apathy, grief. And then after that, we jump into fear, desire, and anger. After anger, we jump into pride and courage. And after that, we make another leap into neutrality, willingness, acceptance. After that, we go into reason, love, and then the final top three are joy, peace, and enlightenment, okay? So just is really just to give you kind of a, a visual and a perspective of the range of emotions that we can have as human beings, okay? Now, I do want to highlight that some of these levels, if you will, aren't technically emotions, quote-unquote, like as an example, courage, right? But essentially, courage in this sense means that we embody kind of... Um, certain courage to overcome the previous levels, which would be emotions such as like fear or anger or grief as an example, right? Those, those things, because that's where we don't essentially want to live, right? So I just want to clarify that very quickly as well. So basically what Dr. David Hawkins tells us about this scale is that at the lower levels of consciousness, okay, so between the levels of zero and 200, this is where that we don't really want to live in our lives. And a lot of people live there for a long time as an example, right? So a lot of people can live in shame and guilt and apathy and fear and anger, right? They can really kind of stay in that state for a long time, right? So again, the goal is to jump up the levels on this scale, right? And, and that's by doing inner work and, and different things and overcoming certain obstacles in our lives. And then what he says is that at level 200, which is courage, which we were just talking about, that level essentially is identified as the kind of point of transformation on the scale, okay? So this is where the individuals really begin to embrace life proactively, okay? They're seeing challenges as opportunities for growth, and they're really trying to make that transition. So what he says is that most of us should be aiming for that level of courage at least, right? And then from that level of courage, we can go into higher states as, as love, which is at 500, and then joy, which is like 540 as an example, and up, right? And, you know, from what Dr. David Hawkins was saying is that, you know, a lot of people will never get to those levels because we are still so haunted by our past experiences and traumas and all these different things, right? So this is really what he means by the levels on the scale, right? And let's just quickly take a look at shame as an example, right? So the energy level of shame, right, which is at level 20. And by the way, this map essentially is basically 
uh, on the basis that everything is energy and we are all energy, right? So when I say energy level, this is what I mean. So I'm going to read you an excerpt from the book, specifically where he talks about shame, okay? And he talks about shame, and basically he says, early life experiences such as sexual abuse, which lead to shame, warp the personality often for a lifetime, unless these issues are resolved by therapy. He then goes on to say, the behavior of people whose consciousness level is only in the 20s is dangerous. They are prone to hallucinations of an accusatory nature, as well as paranoia. Some become psychotic or commit bizarre crimes. And now let me just quick you a quick excerpt from acceptance, which is energy level 350, okay? So Dr. David Hawkins says, at this level of awareness, a major transformation takes place with the understanding that one is oneself the source and creator of their experience of one's life. So these are just two quick passages from the book that really talk about these levels of consciousness, right? So again, one being shame and one being acceptance. And you might be wondering, so Nick, why is this important and how can I apply this to my life, okay? And this is why I find this so important. The reason I find it so important, again, is because, like I was mentioning earlier, we are complex creatures, right? Human beings are complex creatures and emotions are our main way of interacting with the environment around us, right? So this scale can really help us determine, like, where are we at in life, right? Like, I'm a firm believer that we have a baseline, okay? What I mean by baseline is an emotion or a state of consciousness, right? A level of consciousness, if you will, that we stay in most of the time, right? This is why I think it's so important to look at this scale and really assess, like, where are we in our lives, right? Because again, someone who's stuck in shame, right, and lives a shameful life, and again, this is more than often times not their own fault right maybe someone has suffered from you know emotional abuse sexual abuse um traumatic childhood experiences right that leave them in that level of shame as an example right but some people are stuck in that level of shame for a very long time and they can't seem to kind of go up the scale if you will right so this is what i mean it's important to take a step back and look at the scale and really understand okay where is my baseline right am i more kind of in a place of courage am i more living my life in a place of fear, right? So it can really help us kind of take a look and assess where are we in our lives. However, the second point that I want to address here is, yes, okay, perhaps that we have a baseline into where we kind of spend more of our time, but we can also ride this hierarchy of emotions on a daily basis as an example, right? So there are some days that, you know, something might happen and I will experience feelings of shame. Okay, I will experience feelings of shame, perhaps of fear, of anger, right? I'm very human. We all experience those emotions, right? Some days I might have a meditation session which brings me and shoots me up onto the scale at a point of joy, peace, enlightenment as an example, right? So this is what I, I mean. Yes, it's important to realize that, you know, okay, we can have a baseline and we can try to go up on that scale to live a better quality of life and have an improved quality of life, but it's also n- normal and very necessary to understand that on a daily basis, we can ride this hierarchy of emotions as an example, right? Some days we will feel anger. Some days we will feel joy. To say that someone needs to stick on that level specifically, which I think is the problem with this map sometimes and how people explain it, right? Is that we can't always stay at the same place. Yes, again, it's very important that we can try to go up and stay at a firm baseline, But it's also important to understand that some days you will feel feelings of anger and sadness and grief, and some days you will feel feelings of joy, happiness, and enlightenment, as an example, okay? So for me personally, I like to look at this scale 
or map, if you will, as a tool, kind of like a personal growth tool or a tool for self-assessment, right? And personal development, because by understanding what baseline you are at, okay, what level you're consistently on, so whether that's grief, fear, or desire as an example, right? You can start getting that better self-awareness and understanding of, okay, something needs to change in my life, right? What do I need to do to get me out of this level so that I, I can, you know, go up on the scale and live a more improved quality of life. So as an example, let's say that someone loses their partner, okay? They've lost their partner to uh, due to an accident of some sort, right? And now, you know, they have to grieve that, right? But for some people, unfortunately, and understandably, I might say, some people can get stuck in that state, right? They can get stuck in that level of grief for years, if not an entire lifetime, as an example, right? So this is what I mean by understanding where your baseline is, is so important. Because yes, even for that person, there are days where she might have, as an example, anger, or she might go up a bit and then, you know, experience joy or peace for little moments, right? But most of her time is still spent in that grief. So once you can really self-reflect and say like, listen, I've been spending the last five years in this state of grief. Like I need to do something, something needs to change, right? So whether that's going to see a coach or a therapist or whatever it may be, right? But sometimes just self-reflecting and seeing, okay, where is my emotional baseline at, right? How am I living my life on a day-to-day basis? I find that this is the importance of this map. And this is the importance of understanding our emotions and how we show up in the world so that we make sure that we don't spend the entirety of our lives in grief and that we can kind of go up and be in that state of acceptance and that state of reason, right? As a baseline. So again, yes, even though you're going up the scale and have a new baseline, it doesn't mean that from day to day, you won't feel those feelings of grief or shame or guilt as an example, right? And another reason why it's so important to understand our emotions and how they show up in our bodies and in our world in general, right? Is to also understand that yes, on a day to day, we can go from sadness to anger to all these things, right? But At the same time, we have different parts of ourselves, right? So there's a part of us that can be very angry, but at the same time, there's a part of us that can be very sad, right? There's a part of us that can hold guilt, and there's another part of us that can be very happy, right? So sometimes, as we try to go up this scale, as an example, right, and establish a new baseline, we have we might have a part that's stuck in a certain emotion, right? We have we might try to go into that courage, right? We might have a part that's in that courage and ready to go, but there's also another part of us that's very fearful, right? So sometimes understanding that we have different parts and different parts feel a certain way, right? Our parts also have kind of that range of emotions, if you will, right? So sometimes when we can help one part kind of go up, we can help all parts go up. But the thing is, if you can go up that baseline, then you just have a better improved quality of life. And even though you suffer those emotions, maybe of shame or guilt on a daily, you'll be able to go back to your baseline, right? So this is really why I find it so important to understand, you know, our level of consciousness, quote unquote, and how we show up in the world. And another really important thing that I want to highlight here very quickly as well is that oftentimes emotions are labeled as negative, right? Like we have negative emotions and all these different things, right? So even on this map, for example, the lower levels are seen as like, you know, shame, apathy, grief, and all these, which are kind of negative, quote unquote, right? And in in this context, I understand what Dr. David Hawkins means. He just means that, you know, not to stay stuck in these levels because it's very, uh, it's the closest thing to death, quote unquote, as he puts in his book, right? Because again, it's not a way to live, which I fully understand with, but I also want to give a different perspective that 
emotions aren't really negative, right? They're just the way that we, again, communicate with everything that's around us. So when we are feeling those feelings, for me personally, it, that's an indicator that something perhaps needs to change, right? It's it's how we communicate with the environment. So it's really an understanding like, okay, if I'm stuck feeling like this for a while, then there's something that needs to change. Maybe I've got anger that has not been let out for years. Maybe there are things that I have suppressed or unconsciously repressed as an example, right? Which have been kind of just pushed to the background, pushed into our shadow, and that we have not brought to light. And the best analogy that I can give for this, honestly, is that of a trash can, right? So a lot of times is we try to, you know, we put stuff in the trash can and we'll push it down, push it down. And sometimes like I've done this myself where I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take the bag out later. I can put more stuff in here, right? So we just push stuff down as much as we can. But a lot of the times that's what we do with our stuff that we do not want to deal with, right? And a lot of us, that's the thing, right? We are afraid of those unconscious things, right? The things that we suppress, we're afraid to bring them to light because it hurts, right? It hurts to feel, it hurts to sit with those things, right? Those emotions and everything. And this is something that I do in my practice with my clients is really putting them in the space where um, they can feel their stuff. So it's, again, it's very important that when you do start feeling these things that it's uncomfortable, but not overwhelming as an example, right? And if you are someone that's looking for help with that or you know, you have trouble with processing your emotions. I do take one-on-one clients and I have my information in my website link in the description. If you do want to check that out, uh, feel free to do so. Feel free to shoot me a message. I would love to chat with you. But again, this is really what I mean by the trash can analogy, right? We are afraid to feel because it hurts so much. But once we can start looking at emotions, not as a bad emotion, but as something that just needs to be released as energy in the body that just needs to move as an example, right? We can start changing our relationship with them, right? Because a lot of times as an example, right? We label shame as negative as bad. And in most circumstances, it can be. But however, there's also examples of healthy shame, okay? So as an example, if you feel guilty and ashamed after telling a lie to someone, right? Like, let's say someone asks you something, you tell a very big lie, you might feel guilty about that. You might be almost ashamed of that. But in a, in a sense, that's a healthy shame because honestly, you know, you probably know that you shouldn't have lied to that person. You, sh- you probably already know that you should have been open and honest with that person, right? So again, this is what I mean by healthy shame. So honestly, in my personal opinion, there really isn't anything such as a bad or negative emotion. Yes, they can definitely... Um, seem that way because we feel bad and all these things. But once we start understanding that emotions are really just there to guide us, we can start working with them and not against them. Now, an emotion that can also be seen as negative, quote unquote, or bad is anger. Okay. So anger, yes, can definitely be bad, right? So if the anger is suppressed or repressed or never dealt with or never expressed as an example, yes, it can be used in a negative way that is lashing out at the world that maybe injures someone or all these different things, right? A parent that tells a child never to express their anger or every time they're angry about something, no, you're not supposed to be angry. Stop being angry is an example, right? That child internalizes anger as, oh, this is bad. I cannot be angry. So that anger builds up year after year is an example, right? It's repressed, it's suppressed, and then that can be extremely detrimental. But when we begin by sitting with our emotion, right? As an example, anger, without trying to get rid of it, without trying to fix it or change it or do anything about it. And we just give that emotion the space to be with us, right? Then we can start to maybe be curious about it as well, right? We can really start to, you know, get curious and start to wonder about it. Maybe, you know, what caused me to be so angry and all these different things. And you may even find some glimmer 
in the comfort of your anger, as an example, right? So understanding sometimes can really make that possible. And there's something I read from an article online that said, anger's messages are the stories that need to be told. And I found that extremely powerful. And a lot of the times you'll see that anger is also a very good channel for creativity, right? Sometimes, you know, someone who can be comfortable with their anger will also sometimes um, do something with that, right? Like artists, as an example, right? They might create something out of their frustration or their anger. They might turn to the canvas as an example when uh, they feel frustrated or, or angry and then they'll come out with this piece of art or music or whatever it may be, right? This is just what I'm saying is the more we can start to understand that emotions aren't bad and they're just kind of our way of interacting with the environment and they're kind of guiding us. In, in my personal opinion is they're kind of a guide, right? They're, they're letting us know that something is going on, right? Obviously, we wouldn't have those emotions otherwise. So just honestly getting curious about how we feel, I think is a really good step to start allowing ourselves to be with our emotions. And then kind of, you know, the more we are with our emotions, the more we allow ourselves to be with our emotions and feel what needs to be felt. That will, in and of itself, kind of widen our window of tolerance for emotions, right? It'll increase our emotional resiliency, okay? Now, there's a final thing that I want to highlight about this map that I think is very important to address. And I saw someone do a video on this, and I was not in agreement at all, which is why I want to highlight this, okay? So basically, this person was saying that when you've kind of identified, you know, okay, like I'm in a state of fear, for example, right? Now you just need to cultivate and embody the emotions of joy and peace. And you just have to, you know, bring the attitudes that you want to really go into that level of peace and joy as an example, right? Um, it, it's, it's just, it's not that simple, right? I'm just being completely honest. It is not that simple. That is way, way, way too oversimplified. And honestly, to me, that sounds like a form of bypassing or spiritual bypassing, which means essentially that you're using kind of quote unquote spiritual practices or tools to not deal with what you need to deal with and then just embody those emotions, right? Someone who's grieving can't just fake it till they make it as an example, right? Um, some people do, but that's not, that's, that's not the way to do it, right? If you're doing that, you are not actually grieving, right? So again, let's use the same example as earlier, okay? Let's say someone has lost their partner, okay? And they're not taking time to grieve and they're just kind of pushing it away and they're just trying to embody feelings of joy and peace all the time, it won't work, okay? If it does work, it'll work for a bit. Then eventually everything will come crashing down because they did not deal with what needs to be dealt. I've said this many, many times on the podcast, a loss requires grieving, right? When you lose someone, you need to grieve, whether that's a breakup, whether that's losing your cat or your dog, whether that's losing a partner, you need to grieve. So you cannot just jump from one level to the next expecting that your life will be kind of all good, right? Like that is way too simplified and I just, I don't agree with that personally. So again, this is why I mean, I wanted to address that because this map is not something for you to just randomly jump over other levels and not deal with what needs to be dealt with, right? If you are stuck in a state of grieving, the only way to go up on the scale, okay, and kind of get a new baseline quote-unquote level here, right, as we've discussed before, is you need to you need to deal with what needs to be dealt. You need to go to therapy, and a lot of times grieving needs to be witnessed, right? You need to talk to a friend. You need to, you know, work with a, a therapist, like I just said. So you need to do the work in order to get up on that scale. So I know we've talked about a lot in this episode, right? And if you're kind of new to this, um, it might be a bit of information and it might be a bit complex as well. So I just really want to kind of summarize this fairly quickly, okay? So again, the map of consciousness, right? Without getting into all the logistics of it, which is what I was saying in the beginning that I didn't want to get into, the way I personally look at this map is essentially just 
the feelings and states that we have as human beings, right? We have a variety of emotions that we have throughout the day. We have a variety of, of things that we experience on a daily basis, an example, right? What's important to highlight here is that if you do look at this map, you just get an understanding, like, where do I live most of my life, right? Am I constantly in a state of anger where it's kind of like I'm only seeing the world through a lens of anger, where I'm angry at everything and I think everyone's angry at me as an example, right? And then as I always say, you need to take action and do the inner work, right? Whether that's hiring a coach, working with a therapist, whatever, you need some sort of medium, some sort of modality to help you channel that anger so that it's used for good and not for bad, as an example, right? And so that you don't live your life completely in a state of anger, okay? And the second thing that I want to highlight as well is the very important thing is as well, even though we can have a baseline, even though we want to, you know, obviously, I think everyone, I think this is very self-explanatory, I think everyone wants to constantly be in a state of peace or of joy, as an example, right? But it's also very important to understand that on a daily basis, you can ride this hierarchy of emotions, right? There are some days where you'll feel more shame than others. There are some days where you'll feel shame and then you might do something and then you feel a lot of joy or peace as an example, right? And then you might go down to anger because maybe your partner said something at you, right? So it's understanding that it's completely okay to feel these variety of emotions on a daily basis. So that being said, that's all I've got for you guys on today's episode. If you did like the episode, please feel free to leave a comment or review, share it. Um, it really helps bring awareness uh, to what I'm trying to do, which is really kind of, you know, spread this podcast on a broader scale to really help people um, just navigate everyday life challenges. So again, with that being said, I hope you have a good week and I will catch you guys next week.